Hello and welcome to Not an Island Podcast, the podcast series where we talk about uh, faith, family, and all things autism. So we are your hosts. I'm Todd. I'm Amanda. We are the Johnsons. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing something. It's a little heavy, but it is necessary because it's uh, it's something that a lot of families with who are affected by autism uh, go through and face every day. Yeah. Um, and so we we found a few ways to mitigate some of the hardships involved uh, around this. And that topic is this. It is social interactions, specifically being misunderstood. If you are a family that is affected by autism, you know that this is something that it's hard and we get it. Yeah. We, we deal with it as well. We've been through some doozies. So yeah. Uh, we're not going to name any names. No. Right. No names, nothing crazy like that. No we're not going to get into the nitty gritty, <laughs> Yeah. but um, yeah, being misunderstood. So first we're going to talk about being misunderstood in public. Amanda, what oh, do you boy. have to say about that? Um, and just in general, or do I have any specific ideas? Uh, in general, we'll just start with general. I'm trying to see what comes to my mind. Um, being misunderstood in public in general does not bother me. Actually, I had one recently. I guess yeah. I could I could share. Um, recently, we were out of town, and we were in a bigger city. I'll just say that. And um, I had the kids out at lunch, and this specific lunch spot has a play place. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we were there to get energy out and get lunch. Anyways, uh, Ezra was doing great. Everybody was happy eating lunch and a family with a little girl came and sat right next to us. And the way that the booths were, they were like back to back. And so pretty much if you turn your head, you're in like somebody else's back of their head. If that makes sense. There's yeah. no like partition separation yeah. space. Yeah. You can headbutt someone. Mm-hmm. Head. Yeah. And so Ezra was sitting across from me, closest to where the little girl in the family sat down. It was the mom and the little girl who sat on the side uh, that Ezra was on. And we were eating, and I was tending to his brother, feeding his brother, and I look up, and Ezra is really, really close to the little girl's face, which is something he does, and it's hard, and we're trying to teach him, you know, not to do that. Um, obviously, he's innocent in what he's doing, and he he. He's trying his best to interact and socialize, but that makes other people very uncomfortable. So we're trying our best to, you know, get him to understand, like, don't get so close. You make them feel uncomfortable. Anyways, the mom was like not having it. And I also don't know what. Karen, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. I don't know exactly what Ezra said, uh, but Ezra has a tendency to say whatever color somebody is because he loves colors and that's can be super awkward and yeah, for sure. especially when it's a doctor or whoever, you know, and he's saying bye-bye brown doctor and you're like, no, why do you do this? Like, I don't understand why he, he, yeah, it's, just it's super he innocent in his mind. Uh, he does not see race. I don't even know how we got into that part, but it's, it's something that's socially awkward that happens a lot, uh, to us. Um, and we have yeah. members of our family who are mixed race and everything Like he's grown up, uh, yeah, he's been around other around people. His whole life. And so it just, it doesn't really, it doesn't really make any sense, but he does that. And so I don't know if that's what he said. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Um, it was a little Hispanic girl that was on the other end. That's why I was like, I don't know if he's saying she has brown hair or she, you know, he, he just goes through the list, brown eyes and oh, she's brown or she's tan. I don't know what he said, but he was really close to her face. And the mom turned to him 
and she was not happy. Obviously, she doesn't know who this child is. Uh, She doesn't know he has autism, and he's right in her daughter's face saying something that could or could not be socially appropriate. I don't know. And uh, she just whips around, and she says, excuse me? And and she, like, her whole head bob and everything, and I was like, oh, no. And so I quickly tell her, he's like, I'm so sorry. I said I wasn't paying attention, and I said he's... He has autism and he gets really close. He gets way too close and it's something we're working on. And she really quickly changed, I would say, her tune and realized, oh my goodness, you know, he doesn't mean any harm. But it it's very, it's hard because if I had a daughter who, you know, and I didn't have any children on the spectrum, I probably wouldn't know either. And I may have a response of like to protect my, mm-hmm. my daughter. And so not any, like it's, it doesn't bother me per se, but it's, it's hard to see his innocence in something that he doesn't know any better. You know, it's hard to see him be misunderstood, misunderstood or even judged for something that he does out of a place of innocence. Right. It's ultimately it. And, and we've had issues in in other settings with him getting too close to to people's Uh, faces. Not only that, I mean, there are times where he wants a toy. Okay. Just imagine this in your head. We're in line at a big, big box store and we're leaving. Well, we're leaving and we have the cart and he realizes we didn't get that special toy. Um, and then he loses it, oh, like, yeah. throwing himself on the ground. Here is a grown man <laughs> picking up a six-year-old boy who's screaming. And filing. And throwing himself yeah. like like and zero to a hundred. He's getting fast. a lot bigger, so it's getting a lot more yeah, difficult. I mean, if if I was an innocent bystander, I would see that and be like, oh, that dude's trying to abduct that child, or or he's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that you don't kid's know what's happening. Fear in fear of his life. Truth is, that's just how bad this kid wants that toy. Yeah, but um, we've ran into those situations. Mm-hmm. Being misunderstood in public, I guess what we're getting at is that being misunderstood in public is a very common, mm-hmm. very normal. And very hard thing to deal with. Yeah. Um, but he has been misunderstood by others. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been misunderstood by others. Yes. I, uh, yeah. Um, not getting into that, but we we have. We've been misunderstood by others many times in public. Um, and just because they don't understand what right. we're I'll trying throw, to take He care is of. not going to share the specific uh, story because it's it was just really devastating and heartbreaking, but to have someone whip their phone out and start to video because they don't understand what's right. happening. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, yeah. it was horrible, uh, a little, a little embarrassing. Rough, but, yeah. uh, even past that though, what, what I think is the most important thing is that sometimes listen up parent, you can misunderstand your child. Mm-hmm. We misunderstand Ezra yeah, all the time. And, uh, there have been times where I have, misunderstood him and maybe uh taken something away from him because i don't know i I don't know i don't know how to explain it but there have been times where misunderstanding him led to a negative result i'll just say oh yeah um led to a negative result maybe maybe it, it ends up with him having a complete meltdown because man all he wanted to do was play or all he wanted to do was have this specific toy and you know, I think to a certain degree, um, us misunderstanding him is getting better because he is able to verbalize more so now than bit, ever yeah. Easily, um, yeah. what he wants. But it, it does still happen. Yeah. And so we we uh, 
we're going to stop here with that and say this. Um, something that has helped us in a lot of ways, we tell him, Ezra, use your words. Yeah. Use your words. Like, Ooh. if he wants something, we want him to be able to tell us. Because it's so much easier for him to just tell us than it is for him to throw himself on the ground and then we get impatient with him and it turns into a grumpy situation and then we leave the store and then he didn't get the thing he wanted or we didn't even get what we came there for. It's just, it's a rough situation, (laughs) but it can all be avoided if you can help your child. And that's where learning their language is the most important Preparing them before you go into a store, um, something that I've learned uh, with Ezra is if I say, okay, I want you to like, for instance, I'll give an example. The last time we went into Walmart, uh, it, there was no toys. We weren't buying toys, but I said, you can pick out whatever character fruit snack you want for your lunchbox. So he knew going in, he was going to get something that he wanted. She still tried. He still tried, <laughs> but it helped navigate the meltdown because we had already established the boundaries. We'd already said, look, this is what we're going to mm-hmm. do. And him knowing things ahead of time, um, someone told me this before, and I, before he could speak, one of his therapists told me, because he, every time we would get in the car at this particular moment in time, he would have a full on meltdown getting into the car seat. He was just absolutely losing it. And I, I didn't know why. And it was so stressful and he was a lot younger. And she said, sit him down, put his shoes on and say, tell him what you're about to do. Now, like thinking back on it, he probably wanted a little toy from inside to take with him and he couldn't verbalize that because he does, he takes things everywhere. Like that's just, but if he had that warning, because I'm thinking this child can't understand anything I'm saying, you know, he can't speak because it didn't seem like he could understand anything that I said. So I thought that's so silly. Like, I don't see how that's going to work, but then just preparing them. Sometimes we have to prepare Ezra days ahead for bigger trips or bigger right, things. Yeah, and yeah. we begin to start, you and know, start a countdown, mark a calendar. And repeatedly. Tell yeah. Him. Repeatedly. Because it's hard for him to understand time. And like, yeah, yeah. you know, two weeks he can't. And I don't think any kid can really, yeah. you know, yeah. time so back then moved meant, so slow. Two yeah. weeks meant three years back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, being being understood by your parents or also you understanding your child is probably the biggest thing Mm -hmm. that you can do and uh listen we've been guilty of getting impatient with our child Mm. when all he wanted was the one thing he couldn't describe so Really, really have some grace and some patience there with your child. With him and with yourself. Because and with yourself. Yeah, you're not going to get them all right. Yeah. You're just not. It's no. part of being a parent. Uh, and so we're going to move on to point number two, which is being misunderstood in private. Um, specifically, we can talk is about... Is this like family settings? Yeah, yeah. So it's not really private, but it... Similar. We can say like family get-togethers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um we're not going to get into specific situations, but um, there can be times where people around you who we said in the last episode you would think would understand would understand just don't. Um, but you have to understand, and what we've had to learn to understand is that's okay. You want to yeah. meet them where they're at. Yeah. Um, some people are just downright not accepting. And that's, that, that is who that's, that's their prerogative. But at the end of the day, you will find nine times out of 10, 
if someone is um, mislabeling your child or mislabeling the situation or even mislabeling you or your parenting skills, um, nine times out of 10, they literally just, they've never been there before. They don't understand. I I said this, I think in the first episode, but like, and I, I totally believe it. If you're going through situations with family members, um, who are misunderstanding or just giving you advice out of a place where you know they don't understand the situation because mm-hmm. they're not in it daily. Um, you know your child best. You know their needs. You know what they need. And, you know, take advice if it if it pertains to you, but take a lot of it with a grain of salt. You know what's best. Um, I just, I, I would say that because it's been a process for our families to learn Ezra mm-hmm. and and to learn what autism even is. Our no 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 one in our family had ever been affected by autism mm-hmm. before. They were clueless just as we were. You know, we had a front row seat and they kind of had, you know, five rows back. And so they may think they know best on certain things and they just don't because they haven't been there. Mm-hmm. And have grace with them as well. Because that's been harder for us to do is have grace for with sure. with you know misunderstanding families. But yeah, um We've had moments in those settings where, especially when Ezra was younger, even before the diagnosis or fresh diagnosis, um, where it looks a lot of the things that children with autism display look behavioral. Um, And it was confused for that. A lot of times it's like, oh, he's just acting out. He's throwing a fit. He's having a tantrum. And it's like. Yeah, there's a big difference between a fit and and yeah. a meltdown. And you know, if you have a child with um, with sensory aversions, it's like the, his tag is bothering him. Those lights are bothering him. The sound in this room, it, it's it's a con- and, conglomerate of things. And that child may not have the ability to, to express vocalize that. any of that. Could you imagine, like, not being able to say what's on your mind? Literally being able to say it. Yeah. Being trapped in in your own body to that extent anyway. I That's, had a you know, I have a f- hard. friend who's uh, a close friend of mine, her little girl, when she was little, every single store they went into, she just went ballistic. I mean, absolutely would scream her head off, could not contain herself. They'd have to take her out to the car. And when she got old enough to be able to express what it was, the lights in the stores were actually making a sound. Mm-hmm. And it was deafening to her. It was ear piercing to her. You know, nobody else could hear it, but she could. And we have to realize like, and, and your family members have to educate themselves. I'll say this, if they want to be involved in your child's life, they may not want to take this stance and that's okay. You may have to take a few steps back. I'll just say it that way, but they have to educate themselves on what autism is. If they've all they got to do is do a slight Google search and they might find something they never knew. If they're, if they're, the more knowledge they have, the more they know about the sensory processing, the more they know about autism, the better they can help you advocate and support you. And, uh, hopefully if you say, Hey, you know, do some research, get them a book, something that they will, they'll say, you know what? I want to be involved in my, you know, cousin, grandkid, uh, and uncle, you know, whatever they are to them's life to the point that I, I'm willing to, to learn about this. I'm, I'm willing to help. Well, especially for us, like we have, we live in the South, the mm-hmm. South, and we have <laughs> some very Southern yeah, uh, views and values yeah, and family. And, and there's, you know, sometimes you, I know a lot of you out there have heard, 
well, if you leave that child with me for a week, you know, that problem won't it's be like, there anymore. Good, good luck. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, if you're the problem, you won't be there anymore. Good Your child's, my child will still be hanging around, but you'll be gone because you'll, you'll have ran off, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, no, like she said, no one understands your child like you do. Mm-hmm. And listen, if you are a couple, if you are uh, a couple who's raising a child, listen to your partner, listen to whoever they are. A lot of times there have been situations where Amanda has known what he needed. And I've been so adamant that that's not true. Or, you know, maybe he wanted something else, blah, blah, blah. But she knew and she got it right and vice versa. There are times yeah. I know. Um so really lean on each other. Um, but being misunderstood by family is a very real thing. Oh my um, goodness. And you're, you know, I know this is the, the the hashtag of our podcast, but you're really not alone. Like no. other people are going through the same thing. And, and honestly, there's some of them, if you follow any of the mom pages and whatever for autism, they're going through a lot worse than oh, what we've ever dreamed sure of. Yeah. Um so yeah, just know you're not alone. So uh, we talked a little bit about being misunderstood now, and and we've covered a little bit about some ways to avoid or ways to mitigate situations. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about ways that we have found in specific to help these situations. Um, number one, I would say is to know your child and know their limits. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's easier said than done because sometimes you think that it's going to go much worse than it does. And sometimes it goes better than you Mm -hmm. could have dreamed and and you think it's going to go the worst. So it's, it's hard to know fully, but yeah, I mean, if you see the kind of warning signs of, Ooh, it's not a good day, you know, take that into consideration before you take them Mm -hmm. into and, I, and I'm giving that advice and we've done it plenty of times. Oh, yeah. We've ignored the red flags and we've paid for it, you know. <laughs> we've ignored the red flags and gone to six flags and uh, cried no. about it in the after, you know, in the aftermath. He but, says six flags. It's no, just we, mainly yeah, big we events. We've never been flags. to six flags. <laughs> exaggerating. But uh, another thing I would say if, that I learned from a friend who is an adult who has autism you know, when I was going around to family or friend friends' houses and we would have Ezra with this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, about however he's acting. And uh, or how loud he's being. Or how loud he's being or throwing a toy that no one cares about. Like, yeah. whatever, you know. And I was like, I'm sorry. And my friend pulled me aside. He said, Todd, he said, you know I love you. I was like, yeah. And he said, I'm going to tell you this from Ezra's perspective. Stop apologizing for him. Mm. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And at first I was offended because I yeah. was like, my kid's not mm-hmm. acting like all the other kids. It's just my way of, of explaining. But truth be told, he's just being him. Yeah. It's one thing to, okay, buddy, let's let's not do that and pick it up or correct the situation even. But it's another thing to apologize for him because if there's one thing, listen, this is a faith podcast. If there's one thing your child needs to know it's that you are a faithful parent because it shows them how faithful God is through their yeah. example, their earthly example. Um, if you are the same at home as you are at your friends' houses, as you are as you are at, at family get-togethers, and as you are in the grocery store, unapologetically loving your child mm-hmm. and unapologetically 
defending their stance and really defending their disability, um, they're going to know that you are solid as a rock. And uh, that, that was a big one. Always, always be ready to just be solid and, and not, not worry about apologizing. So, yeah. 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 And I think what, what Todd's trying to say too, is like, there's no shame or embarrassment that Ezra is bringing us. And I think some, sometimes when we're constantly apologizing for the behavior, that's what's coming yeah, off. It it's like, Oh, way, yeah. I'm like, I'm ashamed or I'm embarrassed that he's, he's acting the way he is. And it's, which isn't true at all. You know, a lot of the things that Ezra does, not all, <laughs> but a lot of the things Ezra does are outside of his control, you yeah. know, it, it, and there are some things that we know and we know the difference and we've had to learn. And sometimes we still get that wrong, but it's trial and error and you learn, you know, when, when there needs to be disciplinary action and, and when it's really just like, I'm really overwhelmed that I'm out of control yeah. of my body. With yeah. that being said, uh, sometimes we can be out of control. Sometimes <laughs> we realize we've lost control of the situation. Mm-hmm. So on that topic, I want to bring up the last thing that I would say we're going to talk about in this specific topic and that is always have a plan always have an exit strategy if you know your child loves an ipad hey Mm -hmm. keep that ipad from them and let them let them socialize let them have fun but if things get too rough don't be afraid to set them down and you know just distract them or um there there are ways or have an exit strategy hey there's a solid, there's a solid line here in the sand. If, if this, if my child starts displaying these attributes or if my child starts to have a hard day and it shows this way, well, then we're leaving. Yeah. I don't care how much money we paid for the right. tickets to the zoo. Or whose feelings we hurt because a lot of times, you know, oh, yeah. just stay, just stay one more hour. It'll be fine. It's not worth your sanity. It, you know, you have to put your child's needs and their stability ahead of the emotions of other people around you who, who obviously they want you around and they love you. That's the reason they're saying those things, Oh, stay another hour, but you know, what's best. Anytime that we've been, we've bent to that stay another 45 minutes or it's never ended well. Uh, so yeah, have, have that strategy and exit plan and, and stick to it and stick to your guns. And it's okay if you hurt a family or friends feelings, if they love you, they're going to come to terms and understand, like, mm-hmm. this is just a hard situation. But, yeah. Yeah. So today's episode, we talked about uh, the heavy topic of being misunderstood, both in public and in private. We talked about some different ways to help those situations, maybe mitigate yeah. some circumstances. But... uh as always, maybe you have some things that you feel like we should cover. Maybe there's yeah. some some strategies we don't know that you do. Uh, and if that is you, or if you just want to talk to us, mm-hmm. holler at us, reach out to us at an email at notanislandpodcast at gmail.com. That is the title of our podcast at gmail.com. Also, listen, if if this episode has touched you or if you have been impacted in any way by the stuff that we're sharing, by our content, please, please, please share it. Please uh, share it with your friends on social media or, or word of mouth. Yeah. Every little bit helps because we know that there's some family out there that needs this, um, that needs this type of interaction and that that 
Um, they feel like they are an island. If 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 you know that family, please mm-hmm. send them this yeah. information because yeah. that's the whole goal and purpose behind this, that you are not an island. Yeah. Um, also, please like, subscribe, rate, follow, share, whatever this podcast, anywhere you get it, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, just show us some love. That helps That helps uh, the message get out. That helps the message of hope, yeah. acceptance, encouragement, and love, and faith get out there. So, um, as always, we are Todd and Amanda Johnson. And until the next episode, peace.